Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Southern California, Joey Nochilprano. Hello, Andy. Good morning. Good morning. You got your coffee? I got my I I just because I made myself coffee a little bit late this morning, got a little bit of a late start. Uh I put I made myself an entire basically pot of coffee and then got, you know, the world's biggest mug I have. And I filled it to the brim. So, yeah, I have about, I don't know, 30 ounces of coffee here. When's the last time you went without coffee waking up? I mean, it's happened. I've It's it's happened somewhat recently. I ran out of coffee recently. You know, I'll go tea in that situation if I have to. Or if I have to run out. A lot of times I will not um, drink coffee before I go for a surf. Yeah. Um, I don't want to poop in my wetsuit. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Uh, that's that's my general rule. Unless I have enough time. Like so, last week, uh, there was a swell, our our probably only summer swell here in California. Surfed most days. Um, if I get up early enough that I can have coffee, have some time at home, go to the bathroom, I'll do it. Otherwise, I will go coffee free for a surf ding. Um, so yeah, a couple times last week, I also ran out of coffee recently, which I gotta say, I ran out of coffee recently and in a panic, like Amazon primed two bags of, I'm a, I'm kind of a coffee snob, but the coffee I got was the shittiest coffee ever. I wish I could, I might, I might, I might review it. I might go on Amazon. Oh yeah. It, it was, it was horrible. Reveal. It was horrible. It was disgusting coffee. It was like. Starbucks burnt coffee, but like times a million. I was reading an article there today how to spot fake reviews on Amazon. There's like telltale signs. The first way is if the username is Jameis one of one or Derek. <laughs> Actually, Derek would be a real person. Yeah. So one of the main things, and you never think about this, it says these bot farms or having people, are they actually talking about the product? And you're like, yeah, it's a good point. Like who's reading a review and just like, oh, they don't even mention the product, but yeah, okay. And they give it five out of five stars. Must be yeah. great. Yeah. I feel like I'm good at spotting bot reviews in general. There's always just something slightly off about the grammar or the spelling or something, you know? I, you know, I don't trust any of this stuff anymore. Any of it, any of it. I, I saw something there on Twitter and it was interesting. It was true. It was like, like you and I've talked about this actually. I think Twitter, they, they want, not just Twitter, everything. They want division. They want arguing because it's, it's clicks, it's engagement. And I saw something there today. Somebody was like, wait a second. So this account with 352 followers it, it, it was tweeting something along the lines of looking at the careers of forget who it was. It was, it was like two black actresses and one is more darker skinned than the other. And the tweet was basically saying, because Hollywood loves whitewashing 
the lighter skinned black actress has a huge career. And I saw a comment underneath it and somebody's like, I find this fascinating that somebody just randomly tweeted this out with 352 followers and this thing has 350,000 likes. And I, you know, and I was like, they're like, Twitter is pushing this so people can argue and debate this. And, and like, I, I see that and I think it's tough to not disagree that they would do that. Don't you think? Right. Yeah. You know, I've, also, you know, I've I talked about it, right? Like how we're like, how did this account with 40 followers get a million views on something? But also, I think, I mean, I think in, in addition to pushing it is like, th- that's one of those things where it's like, it's going to garner a response no matter what. And then once it, like I've noticed with all of these social media sites, you can do something in the second, you can tell immediately if something's about to whatever, because like, once it gets any sort of traction at all, then they, they go, Oh, let's push this. Like, I don't even think the sites are smart enough to be like reading what's being said in these things. I think it's just saying like, it just sees, Oh, it had, it had triple the engagement of this person's usual tweets in the first five seconds. Let's just shove it on people. Yeah. Well, well, that's that's still regardless using, of content, you know. Sure, what I mean? no, and you're probably right. That's still using like an algorithm, though, mm-hmm. to, to just get everybody going. Well, on a completely unrelated note, I just want to announce: I currently own a home, so it's official. I mean, what what kind of world do we live in? What kind of world do we live in where Andy Ruther is a homeowner? Which, by the way, is, this a- is we we are we're gonna have so this is the beginning of so much dirty sports content. You guys, I know we've joked about you know, calm Andy. You know he's he's Mister Relax now. He's not freaking out. Oh man, the first thing that goes wrong in your home where you can't just like call a landlord. We are getting we are getting angry, fucking road rage, Andy. You, you, you know they make people pay. You know you gotta pay for your own septic. Fucking I can see it. I can see it fucking tomorrow. Do you guys even no. know what black mold is? Do you even fucking know? <laughs> you know it's what? Fucking illegal. It should be illegal to sell your house to black mold. <laughs> We're going to have the first, the rage Andy is going to come out so quickly the first time you have to deal with some homeowner shit. No, I don't. Your think water so. heater goes, you're going to be in a fucking bell tower with a rifle. No, you know why? I, I well, First of all, I don't think I will. These motherfucking I'm- cucks with their fucking old ass water <laughs> heater. Well, first of all, I bought a, I bought a home warranty for the first year, so that would be covered. God forbid if something per- like that happened. Great, great example. Perfect example of what makes Andy Ruther snap. With the the first thing that goes wrong that your comp- that the warranty was like that's not covered. You're gonna be like, why the fuck did I even buy a warranty? <laughs> You know, I don't think I will. I think because I'm so ignorant, this is such a new thing for me. And I know nothing about maintenance of a home. This is, I'm going to be learning on the fly, right? Watching YouTube videos, reading, Googling. So this is, I mean, even the start. So I'm still at, at my parents' old house, which my brother bought, FYI, for anybody who's not watching on YouTube. So basically I'll be here this week. Occupy Greg street. Yeah. It's <laughs> occupied Greg street right now. So, you know, cause I don't have internet. I don't get the keys till tomorrow. Um, but like to start, 
like we're going to paint the whole inside of the house and by that. I mean, I am with some help and it's just like, that'll be funny because my painting experience is limited to you watching Jesus do it in Venice. Basically. And helping my dad on the outside of the house a couple of years ago. So like, I, again, this is all going to be just a learning curve. I don't think I'm going to freak out though. I, I have joked a lot with my girlfriend. This annoys her. I keep saying one of the, we're going to make a smoke room. Just like a room where people go to get hot. She's like, you're not making a smoke room. And then like the point she gets annoyed, you're not doing a smoke room. I'm like, we got some room in the house. Let's make a smoke room. You're not doing a smoke room. How many bedrooms do you guys have? Four. Wow. Quality of life. Yeah, man. Although the housing market is insane. We are in an HOA and I've seen things recently. Do not get an HOA because people go nuts. That was another Twitter thing that blew up. Oh, I don't know if you saw. You are in an HOA. I am. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Andy with the snap situation for sure. The first time a Karen comes over and tells you something about your fucking lawn, you're going to you're going to be like, can I talk about white women on the podcast for a minute? No yard signs. I knew that. I actually like that. No, no yard signs, but hey, you know, it, it comes with some benefits. Got a, got a community pool, got a community little tennis court, pickleball, basketball hoop. Might have to take down some of the kids in the basketball hoop, some of the neighborhood kids. But yeah, starting, my goal is next week. My goal is to get everything because we got a lot of stuff happening this week with the house. So my goal is next week to do the first dirty sports from there and here's the best now what's part. what now are there plans forget the smoke room are is there plans for a dent stock at all like a wood stock that occurs for dirt balls in the backyard of andy ruther's new home it's funny you bring that up i had mentioned something to uh my significant other and she was not happy about that but i took it a step further i was like come on what a bunch of dirt balls sleeping in the basement we'll do like a meetup and she's like you're not bringing strangers in her. I was like, come on, let's do it. Yeah. Stock. We're, not, we're not bringing him into the home. We're bringing him into the yard. We're going full. We're going dent stock. Oh, the, the, imagine the HOA on that. Yeah. Um, there's tents in the yard at the end of the street. Shut the fuck up, Karen. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be, a learning curve for me. Cause again, I know nothing about anything. I'm 40. I know nothing. I'm a man. I'm 40. Like doing anything. So they'll, they'll be, there will definitely be a curve, but here's here's what I love the most. Like my parents address is Cincinnati, but it's not technically in the city. I will technically be in city limits, which means I can run for mayor. Yes. Let's go. Right. A position held by the great Jerry Springer. <laughs> yes. A position which Jerry Springer has held. I, I don't know my odds running as an independent. Also, again, know nothing about politics, but, uh, you know, I'm just saying that's on the table. I if can't I wait. I can't wait for you to find out it's in your HOA that you're not allowed to run for mayor. And you're gonna be like, what the fuck is happening? Or to run for mayor and then not be allowed to put up your own yard signs for your mayoral campaign. That'd be, be funny. Like, this is some bullshit. Yeah. So I don't know. I've never been in an HOA. 
you hear things though. Yeah. My brother, my brother went nuts in his that people were complaining. He built this monster treehouse for his kids. I mean, it's like next level. Probably something Mikey would do. I bet Mikey's probably done that. Oh, Mikey. Mikey has, I'm not joking. Mikey has a it's it's not a tree house. He has a full standing. He built us, he built like a a playhouse. I'm not joking. In his backyard with fucking two stories, walls, windows. It's bigger, it's bigger than multiple apartments I've lived in. Well, that well, that's that's kind of how my brother is. It's two stories, it's connected to the tree. Same thing. I, I would always joke, I'd say, Your guys' tree house is bigger than my apartment in LA. And uh somebody complained though. Which is weird because it's like basically in the woods. Yeah. And I know he, you know, you know how my brother Brad is, dude. I mean, he he probably he's like you. He's like you want to take it down. Come take it down. Also, just FYI, all of my woods are booby trapped. And you're like, what the (laughs) fuck? Take it easy, Chester Copperpot. He goes full John Rambo. Yeah. For the record, you have to see the latest Rambo if you haven't seen it. The one that came out a few years ago. Dude, it makes no sense. I was, I was, I can't even imagine. You need to watch it. I've watched it with my brothers multiple times for the laughs. It's so ridiculous. I Is seriously like, want you it, to watch it. I mean, it. I, it, it's obviously set in a modern, uh, it's set in a modern era. So, like, I don't know if I forget. Is it his daughter? Is it his niece? Uh, she gets taken by she's oh, me- <laughs> yeah she's Mexican and track she- her Instagram see where she's last located yeah she gets taken by like a Mexican cartel that does like uh, a sex slave trade and he takes on the cartel and then somehow the cartel just drives like right across the border in Arizona but he's booby trapped the whole place and he takes on an entire cartel in this like farmhouse in Arizona or somewhere in tunnels. It really doesn't make much sense, but it's absolutely amazing. And it's even more amazing when you're watching it and you keep thinking, dude, Stallone's like 70. Yeah. He's like 70. He's your grandfather out there. Just taking on the Mexican cartel and just fucking these dudes up. (laughs) Like it's it's wild when you really think about it. Yeah. Well, I, I can use a nap. <laughs> well, we've hit that time of year. We're waiting around for football. We went in the days of baseball. We do have some quasi NBA news. Okay. Let's go. We're on week four of the Kevin Durant trade. Saga. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. I saw Kevin Durant to the Celtics today. Yeah, that's what I was Is that the rumor? Okay. Well, not to everything set. Woj did a he did a Woj bomb. Woj bomb. He did a Woj bomb at Don't worry. I got Woj bombs in the woods. (laughs) It's gonna be okay. So he did it at 2 31 a.m. Eastern time. That was his tweet. Which again, you know, I didn't see. I saw. I saw it on. I saw one of those Instagram posts where they, you know, just put up a picture and the picture. I I assume that's probably what it was based on. But what did Woj, what was Woj's bomb? What did he say? 
he says that ESPN sources as Brooklyn Nets star Kevin Durant's trade request approaches its fourth week. The Boston Celtics have emerged among teams engaged in talks on a possible deal. And if you actually read the story, the Celtics are no closer than any other team. So it was kind of a clickbait Woj bomb, in my opinion. What do the Celtics need Kevin Durant for? They just got Gallinati. What are you going to do? You're going to have two, two of the same guys? It's two Sp- Spider-Man pointing meme? Come on. You already have the Gallo. Well, it sounds like, obviously, Jalen Brown would be one of the main guys in that deal. Jason Tatum is not on the trading block at all. Yeah. But the Celtics also have tons of unprotected first-round picks yeah. that they can offer. But we'll see. I, personally, I'm just, I'm just like, on these guys, on the KDs and the Kyries, my thought, I, I'm just like burnt out. I just don't care. Does that make sense? Like, I don't have interest. Dude, you guys want to be traded all the time. Every year, you get unhappy. You Like, my energy for excitement just isn't there. To be honest, I see this, and I'm just like, eh, whatever. But then, the, I mean, if he gets traded somewhere, you're – you essentially, I mean, you can not get excited about it or not think it's like newsworthy or not, whatever, but it's like you, you either, you care about Kevin Durant going to the Celtics or you just don't care about the NBA because that Kevin Durant to a team that lost in the NBA finals is a league changer. I, I, my, my, it's not that I don't care about the NBA. My, my energy of like certain players is just at peak level as far as I like my patience, if that makes any sense. I'm just like, dude, it's always you. It's all, like, it's, it's the same few guys. And I don't know. It just, it just bores me to be honest. And maybe I'm being hypocritical because I, someone could argue, well, look at the NFL and guy, I just don't, I, or major league baseball or whatever, but I don't know. I just, like the thing with KD is everyone says he's so misunderstood. And I'm like, I don't know what that means at this point. Yeah. What's misunderstood about it? I think he's pretty well understood. I mean, Kevin Durant puts himself out there like a lot. I would say, I mean, he's done five, four or five, like in-depth Simmons episodes. He's done the Letterman thing. Like he's, he's made himself known. He's a, super sensitive guy in terms of criticism. Uh, He, you know, he kind of, I think in a way rightfully stands behind the, like, I just want to be a great basketball player thing, but he isn't really self-aware enough of knowing that you can chase, you know, your basketball legacy and your greatness. But if you don't do it in a way that like he's almost leaned too far into the player, player empowerment thing where he's like, thinks he can just do whatever he wants and demand to go wherever he wants and, and pull his own strings, but also not have people criticize that. So he's super sensitive while also just being like, I want to do whatever I want. Yeah. No, for sure. I, you know, I just, I like, like I said, I don't know. I just, he's great. Well, for, first of all, like at this point, like, I don't even know with, with injuries and, and everything that's happened. 
I don't even know where to place Kevin Durant right now in the 2022-23 season. Well, it depends on how you consider placing him, like what that means. Like in terms of overall, you know, effect on a team, I don't know if he's... I mean, he's still probably a borderline top five player in the NBA, but I think more so like, I think he's higher. I think he's like way closer to the top when it, when you look at like, take any given team, if you could add Kevin Durant to it, it could easily push them over the top. Like, you know, the guys like, I mean, Giannis is, let's take Giannis as Giannis is an absolute freak. Luca's a freak. Um, but like a Jokic, for example, who's won two MVPs. Any given random team, you don't know the roster, you don't know whatever. It's like Kevin Durant probably gives them a better chance of being pushed over the top because you don't have to like, build an entire thing like Kevin Durant's game is pretty simple he's he's maybe the most elite scorer ever in terms of like the way he can do it his size all that like you it's a just add water situation whereas you know like Kevin Durant if you're baking is sugar (laughs) you know what I mean where Jokic is like I don't know lemon zest or something like that you're like wait that doesn't go in my fucking chocolate pot you know whatever like kevin durant goes in everything in the nba he's he's just a seven foot tall elite scoring shooting guard like you can add him to any there's no team where he doesn't fit there's no there's no change of your strategy on any team at any level so adding Kevin Durant. With that being said, if you're the Celtics, you're two games away from winning the NBA Finals. We, we all agree that, you know, the, the point guard issue was a big concern. Marcus Smart just isn't the right fit. They forced that. Now, they've added Brogdon, which seems like that would help a lot. My question is, and I think it's a fair question with everything you just said about Kevin Durant, is that he just, he he's a, you know, a, a one size one size fits all, so to so to speak. Player, do you want to mess with that chemistry in Boston? Yep. Like, like they were. 100%. You would. You would. Yeah. You got Brogdon. You got Jason Tatum. It, if Jalen Brown, they're talking about Jalen Brown has to go in this situation. Marcus Smart. Who cares? Like, yes, Marcus Smart obviously has a huge um place on that Celtics team, and that's probably why the Celtics. You know don't want to give up a Marcus Smart, but let's say you're talking about Jalen. If you had to fine. I say, if you, if you're the Celtics and you had to give up uh, Marcus Smart, you do it. But I'll, I'll tell you this. If you take Brogdon, you take Jason Tatum, you take all of their role players, minus whichever random two or three you want to remove from the situation. Like the good thing is like after their stars, everybody kind of slots in where it's like, yeah, these role players are valuable, but is it like, is this guy that much more valuable than the other one? They're probably holding Marcus smart above everybody for defense and defense alone. But if you look at it, it's like, 
you're, you, somebody's not going to ask for your 12 role players that you play or your seven role players that you play. So, okay, who's those three guys you give up? And then plus all of the draft picks. To me, if you do that, if you give up Jalen Brown and two more of your key role players, whoever that, whoever that may be, Marcus Smart or not, and then you give a bunch of first-round draft picks, sure, you're mortgaging your future a little bit, but you're probably the NBA champs next year. You think? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, they got to the NBA finals. They're at, I mean, Jalen Brown's good, but like. Sure. You're smashing the upgrade button. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I just, you know, I do believe in team chemistry and I, and I think that matters. I know what you're saying, but you look at all these teams, how they kind of fit the pieces together like a puzzle. And, and usually that's kind of how everything plays out right because you have guys who fit and they know their role i I just i just didn't know if throwing that wrench kevin durant would kind of fuck everything up well let's look at the warriors i guess as an example sure everybody's like i don't know do they need him they won 73 games does it fuck with staff does whatever yeah it does it gives you the it it makes it take it takes a team in that case that got to the finals and lost in the celtics case a team that got to the finals and lost and then adds their best player. When you're adding a best player on the team, on the roster, top to bottom, to a team that just made it to the NBA Finals, you're probably going to be the champs. Yeah. Well, you just mentioned the Warriors, and I think that'll be a good segue to discuss one of the guys who put that team together, Jerry West. We have to play the clip of him responding to J.J. Redick. Because this clip is Jerry West from Winning Time, in my opinion. I like it. I really yeah. like it. So J.J. Redick, I don't know, a month or two ago, was on one of those ESPN shows. And he basically took a – it's like he's been following Barry McCockner because he took a straight Barry McCockner line when they yeah. were discussing Bob Cousy having 29 assists one game saying that he was guarded by plumbers and firemen. Right. Which is like straight out of the McCockner playbook. Right. Because he and, always says plumbers. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like it's offensive to firemen that he threw firemen in there. Like fi- firemen are like, phys- like, you know, firemen have to carry like 150 oh, yeah. pounds of oh, stuff. Yeah. Like plumbers and, plumbers and postmen. Is that what you meant to say? Plumbers and, you know, mail carriers. Plumbers and, uh, you know, fry cooks, firemen. What are you talking about fire? There are no firemen in the NBA. Bob Cousy's not getting buckets on firemen. Yeah. I mean, they're sliding down poles. They're athletic. Yeah. Yeah. You ever slid down a fire pole? Yeah. Have you done it? Of course. Yeah. Something you do when you're a kid. When did, I don't think, I don't know if I have. Oh, they took us to the firehouse when we were kids. You went to explore. You got to, you got to go down the pole. That's what I'm gonna do. And you just give me a new idea. Forget the smoke room, getting a fire pole in the new house. We're gonna just yeah, go, Ghostbuster go, style. Go straight down into the basement from the kitchen. Got it all figured out. Okay, so Jerry West responds. To Hello, what- Mr. Rutha. We've gotten a call that you are adding a fire pole to your house. If you look at section 101 B slash five of your HOA. No fire poles and no water slides in your pools. 
thank you. You're like, motherfucking carrots. That sounds like an Esther from the fucking from like Brooklyn. And <laughs> yeah, she moved to Cincinnati. I moved here for quality of life. So this is Jerry West responding. And I think he put J.J. Reddick in a body bag, to be honest. J.J. Reddick, current player who just recently retired, said that Bob Cousy played against uh, firemen and, and plumbers, and Bob came on and, and wasn't too pleased. And, you know, you, you played in that era, and those guys set the table for us uh, to be where we are today. And I was just interested in your thoughts on, on comments like that about your generation and the generations that, that paved the way. Well, um, obviously the game is completely different. The athletes are completely different. And I know J.J. Uh, just a little bit. He's a very smart kid and everything. But tell me what his career looked like. What did he do that was that determined games? Yeah. He averaged, what, he averaged 12 points a game in the league? Um, somewhere along the way, numbers count. At that point in time, the players aren't what they used to be. Um, J.J. certainly wasn't going to guard the elite players. And so you can nitpick anyone. And I'm, I'm not, the only reason I'm talking about him is because he was not an elite player, but he was a very good player. But he had a place on the team because of his ability to shoot the ball. I mean, he just owned you. Like, it's true. Like, dude, you, I understand what JJ Reddick is saying, but, and I also understand what Jerry West is saying. He's just like, look, man. 12 point a game, three point shooter. Well, that, and, and that, and that's my take on it. Stop. You're both right. Yeah. You're both right. It, you know, Jerry West can be upset that JJ Reddick is the guy who's talking about it. But my counter to uh, Jerry West in that situation is um, a lot of people who are less qualified than J.J. Redick talk about it all the time. Barry McCockner talks about it. We talk about it. Skip Bayless talks about it. Shannon Sharp, who played tight end in the NFL, talks about it. Nick Wright talks about it. You know, Colin Cowherd talks about it. Fucking Draymond Green talks about it. Like, a lot of people who are, you know, not guys who are, are elite NBA players, Talk about it. And the other thing is about elite NBA players. I feel like the worst takes I've heard of all time end up coming from the Dwayne Wade's and the Barkley's and the like the Scotty Pippins and the whatever. You take these guys who are just like, you know, top 50 players of all time. And, you know, you're just like, hey, uh, who you know, whatever all star Dwayne Wade's like, oh, I, I've got Kobe two all time. And you're oh, like, yeah. excuse me? No, no, excuse I me? agree. I, I agree. I, I think those guys, well, I think those guys have such bad takes. Kobe's number one as far as the bad takes, both with players and non-players. I mean, Charles Barkley, he's I think he still has Kobe above LeBron James. Right. It's it's these guys, I think it's because they're too close, it's too close to home for them for some reason, because they all played together. Um I no, I, I agree. But, but, I, I, but the bottom line is JJ Reddick is a smart 
guy. JJ Redick was a Naismith player of the year in college. JJ Redick came to the league, was in the league for a long time, was an elite shooter. I mean, JJ Redick, 15th all time on threes, something like that. Like he's, he's, he can't be, he's in the top 20. I'll guarantee it. And I would bet you, I would bet you JJ Redick has, you know, that, that was JJ Redick's role in the game. I bet you JJ Redick is surrounded by elite players when it comes to threes made in his career. And, but that was his role. He's 16th all time. Name, name 14 through 18. 14, Joe Johnson, 15th, Kyle Lowry, 16th, Redick, 17th, J.R. Smith, 18th, Clay Thompson. I mean, he's got more threes than Clay Thompson so far. I mean, I know he's been in the league longer, was in the league longer. Yeah. The, the thing is, is just like, yeah, you're both right. And like the, the, um, the Jerry Jerry West I know is a guy who, you know, wants like Jerry West would have been better off being like, don't compare eras. If I had been in, if I had played in the three point era, this is what my career well, would have looked like. Well, well, let's. I, he, I know he starts boasting. I've never seen him get, you know, confident because like I think he might say, "Let me finish the clip real quick." But. Uh... Those players at that era, and, and again, that was when I started to see the, the difference in athleticism. Um, you know, my era, I was an athlete way before my time. I had a huge vertical. Um, probably no one in the league was, was much faster than me. And certainly the competitive part of it, I would put my myself among any player that played the game today also. Winning is all matter. That's what drove me. And I suddenly got better every year. We didn't have the facilities to get better. We had to work in the summers to support our family. But AJ should be very thankful that he's made as much money as he's made. And Bob Cousy, who I played against a couple of years, not very long, um, I just think it's very disrespectful myself. Well, I, I do think that's interesting too. Like, like, and this is an argument that's brought up the facilities, the access to health and nutrition and weight training. Sure. No one's saying yeah. that. No, like that, that's the thing I don't really like. I mean, let, can we just talk about just generally, and this goes through eras like throughout is like, the black athlete then let alone the international athlete let alone like what like are t how many how many guys how many of the top 10 guys in the league are european how many of the top 10 guys in the league are european like we're we're acting like i mean we're, you're also talking about i mean bob Cousy's on bill russell team like Bill Russell's a tall black man and he wins 11 championships in 13 years. I mean, it's because he was playing against firemen and fucking again, not firemen. He was playing against fucking <laughs> postal workers and fry cooks like also Jerry West. Um, Jerry West, there's clips of Jerry West in color, man. You're from a different era that you, you had a couple years crossover of Bob Cousy like. 
The basketball looks like a bowling ball on film. They hadn't even figured out how to like get fresh basketballs every game. They're playing with like old ass, like, like the era changes. I'm not saying JJ Redick with all of the, you know, antiquated technology and whatever is an NBA uh, MVP in the, in the late fifties or whatever. But the bottom line is like, be self-aware how much better athletes are how much better and forget athletes in like in a natural sense but just how much bigger and wider the pool of people is so i've asked this before on our show and i'll ask it again why is it that basketball is the only sport where we do this like like we do these long era comparisons you really don't see that in baseball and football you really don't now we discuss obviously quarterbacks and players from different eras but we don't do it why is it only basketball where you do this because you don't hear people bringing up a ray lewis versus a mike singletary do you know what i'm saying like you just don't hear that yeah we only do it with basketball and my question is why i have no idea but isn't that kind of interesting that we're, we never do that? No one's I, ever comparing Joe Montana to Joe Burrow. Right. I think you, and by the way, the internet is, people do that shit all the time. Like I saw somebody the other day that I forget. Oh, I saw somebody on Twitter the other day arguing Baker Mayfield stats so far are better than John Elway's. And I was just like, what the fuck are we talking about, dude? Like <laughs> more sure. yards, more yards. Like, John Elway went to fucking six Super Bowls or whatever, five Super Bowls. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? But um, I think the the thing about the NBA is baseball has been going on for so long. There's there's a million eras. You know, people always talk about like the pre-war era, the post-war era. Then you have fucking the free agency, integration, free agency, whatever. Football is basically the Super Bowl era. That's the last 50 yeah. something years. You know what I mean? Um, in, in the NBA, if you look in the NBA, it's such a short thing. And it's also, there's very distinct eras of the NBA. There's the early NBA. There's the magic bird NBA. There's the Jordan NBA. There's the LeBron NBA. And there's essentially the beginning of the post LeBron NBA. That's kind of it. There's maybe a little bit of gap there between Jordan and LeBron. That kind of like no goat era. When did the NBA and NBA merge? 1970? In the 70s. So it is. It's a very young sport. And it's defined so clearly by these things. It's like to, to act like. I mean, we talk about it all the time. The Magic Bird, David Stern, Lakers winning time thing, like all that stuff, that whole era that determined basically the modern NBA televised, color televised, live basketball, two guys, the the rivalry, East Coast, West Coast, the whole thing, the David Stern era, essentially, that, that, that we see at the end of the season one of winning time. This is, you know, David Stern sees the future and brings the league into the future with the help of those two guys and owners and whatever to act like 
basketball before that wasn't prehistoric is kind of offensive to what the modern game, what those guys did for the modern game. You're playing non-live if televised at all NBA games. Like how is a, again, and if you look at the league now, which is obviously majority black, forget, forget the very modern move to it expanding into Europe and other countries. But if you just look at the, at the quality of athlete that joins the NBA in the nineties and beyond after, after the bird uh, magic era makes it popular, like literally before that, how does an af- how does a kid know, how does a young black athlete even know that that's a, that's a goal that that's something to sh- strive for. Before that, they're like, "Am I going to be the world champion? Like, well, well, am I going to be a, am I going to be the heavyweight champion of the world?" What's interesting is, is you see the the numbers obviously go up significantly for young black athletes in basketball. Conversely, just shoot down in baseball. I mean, remember in the seventies and even the eighties, the percentage of 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 black players in, in the league was so high and it's just so low. Now it's, you know, been taken over. Those numbers have, have gone more out to, you know, Latinos and, and, and guys from Asia. It's, it, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's for sure. Like changed. I, 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 again, I'm going to go back to the original point. Like both of these guys are right. You know, Jerry West is taking a shot at a guy who's like, okay, maybe, you know, the role player shouldn't be the guy talking about this, but at the same time, He's got a point. He's got a point. Here's yeah. the deal. Here's the deal. Let's take his two examples. What did he say? It was what? And firemen? Plumbers. Plumbers and firemen. Okay. If you went to the plumbers union, the whatever fucking the, the pipe fitters union of America or whatever, or the firemen union, right? Let's say we have a national plumbers convention in Vegas and prime Bob Cousy walked in in coveralls and was like, I'm a plumber from Boston. They'd be like, great. What kind of, what, 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 what wrench are you using? You know what I mean? Think about the words that would come out of people's mouth. If Kevin Durant walked into the pipe fitters, Gotta be like, uh, hey guys, uh, I don't want to. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt the meeting. An alien has walked into the building. <laughs> you guys seen the Avatar? There's a fucking Avatar here. Fucking this guy's. What are you fucking eleven feet tall? What the fuck's happening here? <laughs> I, how do you even fit? How do you even fit under a sink, guy? You, you just, just your fucking head under there. This is exactly what I was thinking. How's he fit anywhere? Yeah, no. So you, so you ride the fire truck? How's that work? You stick your head out like fucking the worm and busy, busy world. What the fuck is happening here? It's like, uh, I guess you don't need a ladder, huh? Oh, you, are you, oh, you are fucking, oh, you are the ladder. So the guys climb you to get in burning buildings. Is that what the fuck's happening? Giannis got the name the Greek freak after accidentally walking into a fucking plumber's union meeting, like the fucking, the freak is here. 
Oh, man. Well, Jerry West also in that clip is proving Reddick's point by saying we had to have jobs in the offseason. Yeah. Like, in a way, it just proves that point. You couldn't just play basketball for the Lakers. You had... Jerry West is also sort of proving his point with his accolades, right? Like, Jerry West, no doubt. Jerry West was incredibly good. Yeah. I don't think peak Jerry West uh, is leading the NBA in vertical. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so either. I know Jerry West is just like having a fit of bipolar anger because John Morant leaps him in a single bound, just uh, jumps over him, clears his entire body. I have a feeling Jerry West wasn't catching a ton of lobs. No. Did he ever dunk? That's that's a great question. Do we have game film of Jerry West dunking? It just wasn't the game, man. It really wasn't. I'm not shitting on Jerry West as a player at all. And I'm not even shitting on, you know, you can only compete against the guys you can compete against. I'm not shitting on Bob Cousy. But uh, let's not act like it's not a whole different world. Sure. No, it is. It's a completely different world. It's, it's, it, to me, it's the equivalent of like kids with technology. Look how savvy. I'm around it all the time with my nephews and nieces. Look how savvy Joe these kids are with technology. Yeah. Jerry West is meanwhile like, I don't know. Let's not disrespect the rotary phone. I mean, before yeah. that, you had to call an operator and she had to plug you in to think. I mean, it was a pretty big deal to just be spinning the dial. It's like, hey, um, I have a computer that's more advanced than the first rocket ship in my pocket now. So yeah. I don't know. Miss me with dial tones. <laughs> sure. No, hundred percent. All right, well, let's transition to some NFL talk. First, before we do that, XFL talk, because I, I want to I place a gentleman's bet with you here. Okay. The XFL announced its eight new cities. Has the XFL already, like, I'm, what iteration of the XFL is this? Two? Three. 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 Right. It came and went again once, didn't it? Already come Well, the go? pandemic killed it. They started the 2020 year. That was reiteration 2.0. This will be three. I would argue. I would argue the fact that the pandemic killed it is a sign that it's not like all all these sports leagues are built on their TV deals. Everybody was locked at home, desperate for more content, and you guys couldn't. Well, they didn't play. No, they didn't play. They just stopped playing. Got it. Because of contact tracing and everything. So there's eight cities that will have teams. Remember, this is being pushed by the rock who's spearheading all this. So these are the cities three from Texas, Houston, San Antonio, and Arlington. The other five will be Orlando, Las Vegas, Seattle, St. Louis, and Washington, DC. Currently Vegas is the only city that will not have, that doesn't have a stadium deal announced. So this is my Who, take. Who's the only city with us? Seattle? Las, Las Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Okay. Sounds like the Raiders aren't going to let them play. They're right. Yeah. So 
you and I have always said, why would you ever choose a city that has an NFL team? That's my first question. So, Because it's Texas. And I think that's why they're doing three out of the eight in Texas. Yeah. Because they sell out high school football games there. And because so, people and, and because people in Texas find the NBA to be those guys don't play any defense. They're just so lazy. I don't like all this dribble, dribble, <laughs> dribble, shoot a three pointer. Also, stay out of politics. Just shut up and dribble, <laughs> but not through your legs or around your back. That's I don't need all the fancy dancy stuff. <laughs> shut up and dribble slowly with your right hand only. Okay, so these are the coaches. The coaches are interesting, Joe. I think you're going to find this really interesting. The coaches, they're all like names. This is kind of wild. They're former. I, I just, I just somehow I assume that all eight teams are coached by Jack Del Rio. No, he's still with Washington. <laughs> Arlington. Je- Jeff Fisher. Good guess. I mean, I mean, you're in that wheelhouse. So Arlington will be Bob Stoops. Okay. Houston, Wade Phillips. Orlando, Terrell Buckley, former NFL player. Vegas, another former NFL player, Rod Woodson. San Antonio, another former NFL player, Heinz Ward. Seattle, former NFL coach, Jim Haslett. St. Louis, Anthony Becht, and Washington, D.C., Reggie Barlow. So it's like they have names, recognizable names. Yeah. But this is the gentleman's bet I want to pose to you. Over, under two and a half years before this folds. Will they make it to a third season? I say no. It's really just the power of the rock. I'm going to still say no. Yeah. I think they do two seasons. They realize it's financially bad. It's just not making money. It's just something that's going to hemorrhage and lose consistent money. And I, I don't think it'll make three seasons. I'll give it two. I think it'll do two. Two and a half is a good bet, though. Like, if you had said three and a half, easy under. Yeah. I just don't get where this gains traction. How many times are they going to do this? I mean, this is really a test run for Rock as president. If Rock can make the XFL last three years, he can get elected president of the United States. It's a good point. I mean, when does he have time? Yeah. Well, he doesn't sleep. So there's that. No. I get up every day, make some tequila, plan the XFL schedule, I and that's then what, go into the Oval Office. I think that's why him and Kevin Hart are such great friends. Neither of them sleep. All these guys do is work 24 7. It's all they do. Yeah, I don't think it lasts three seasons, especially with some of those cities. I just, I don't know. Like, where are they going to play in Las Vegas? Then? Where are they going to play? I'm assuming UNLV Stadium or whatever. Sam Boyd Stadium. Sure. Play. But I could have sworn UNLV was moving to the Raiders Stadium. Maybe I'm wrong. thought they did. I don't know. I think the Raiders are going to fly under the radar this year. Like, nobody's talking t- about them. Yeah. Well, it's a tough division. So tough. It's going to be really interesting. Like, I sent you that thing 
I think it's a good read. I sent you that thing that the athletic posted. Yeah. I like it because every year they do this where they rate quarterbacks and it's not by douchebags on hot take TV. It's 50 NFL coaches and executives who are rating them. And I got to say, very shocked, very shocked that suddenly Matthew Stafford is ahead of our, our boy, Russell Wilson. Very shocked. I took a lot of heat in an old YouTube video. It's mocked endlessly. I'm very shocked that suddenly NFL executives and coaches have come around on Matthew Stafford's worth in league. I am blown away. So it's almost like I fucking told you so. From the 50 people who rate, they do this before every season. It's six general managers. And again, it's all anonymous. Eight head coaches, 10 talent evaluators, 12 coordinators, six quarterbacks, coaches, and seven execs who have specialties in analytics, game management, and salary cap. So they place 35 quarterbacks into five tiers. Tier one, tier two, and so on. Tier one had six guys. You had Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, then Joe Burrow in tier one. I do find it interesting. They, you know, they they put Herbert above Burrow. I think Herbert is naturally more talented and more athletic. Would you agree with that? I mean, sure. Slightly, but obviously physically. Absolutely. But, but I like the line that somebody wrote about Burrow, which is true. Somebody is quoted as saying he took the worst offensive line ever to the Super Bowl. Like like there's never been a worse offensive line that's made it to a Super Bowl, which again is, is kudos to Joe Burrow on that. I mean, again, I think that that tier is, Absolutely. Like that's, that's what they're saying. This tier is, it's kind of like put on whoever, whoever's team. These are the elite quarterbacks in the league. And honestly, I know, listen, I'm a Brady hater, but like they they did rank them like in order. It's not just, they didn't just do tiers. They did one, two, three. It's like, we're just at no point. No one. Am I going to be like, am I constantly going to be the first guy who's like, I mean, at some point we've got to have Tom Brady. Like right now, is there, Right now, if you called the box and you were like, "We'll give you Justin, we'll we'll take Tom Brady. You give us you give us Justin Herbert. They're going to take the deal, right? They're taking Herbert over Brady." So they described tier one. A tier one quarterback can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. He expertly handles pure passing situations. He has no real holes in his game, and that's how they described tier one. And then, and then there was six, and then Stafford was seven. Stafford was seven tier Which two. I, they, I would, I would argue he's a tier one quarterback. They had Stafford seven and they had Russell Wilson eight. So they had those guys in tier two. Tier two is described as a quarterback who can carry his team sometimes, but not as consistently. He can handle pure passing situation and doses and or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate his game above tier three. He has a hole or two in his game. But here's the question. Who are are you putting? Are you putting Stafford above anyone in tier one? Um, No, probably not. But I would argue if you look at stat, like 
if you look at the groupings, Stafford to me, if you if you just looked at which group of people do you put like place time is is Matt Stafford more like Rogers, Mahomes, Brady, Allen, Burrow, and Herbert? Or is he more like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and Russell Wilson? Well, I think consistency might be his issue. Right. Which you could say. And I, uh, and I would like, and I would like to see, you know, I would like to see how his com- consistency over the, over his one year in LA compares to his consistency playing in Detroit. I mean, he has some bad, but, but he, you know, he was streaky. He yep. had some, he, he, like he had some bad games where he's throwing three, four picks like back to back. That's what I'm talking about as far as consistency. Yeah. I, you're not going to see that from Aaron Rodgers. You're just not. I mean, Patrick Mahomes took his lumps too last year. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It, you, you know, it, it's, it, it's a great, in my opinion, indicator of how well the quarterbacks are playing just in the modern game. I mean, like I have no problem with this list for the record and it just shows how competitive it is. And I think the middle to the bottom of the list gets a little bit sloppy and gets a little bit too into like whatever, like to me again, uh, it, and, and listen, part of this is like, I know that these guys are all experts and whatever, and that's great. But like, I'm totally confident in how I judge these guys. And like, I'm not surprised suddenly execs and quarterback coaches and whatever suddenly see Matthew Stafford, uh, you know, above a lot of guys that two years ago um, I was being called a lispy retard on the internet for claiming he was better than. Um, But I think that you, the, the, the top part of this list, when you're breaking down how, like when you say, the elite tier of quarterbacks are these guys. I'm like, yeah, that's the elite tier of quarterbacks. But where's uh, Kirk Cousins? Thirteen or something like that. Where did they have Kirk Cousins? They had him at no, no. Damn, he they have him in tier three at fifteen. Yeah. Still too high. Yeah. Who's 16? Who's 16? 16 is Jimmy G. 17 is Tannehill. Where's Carr? Carr's up. Carr's above 15? Carr's 12. Okay. Here's what's interesting, too. Lamar Jackson's 10th on this. I'm just saying you're pulling the thing on Lamar is people always want to bring race into it. They do. I'm just going to call it as it is, especially when it's debated online, they want to bring race into it. And there might be some fair justification of that. I'm not saying it's completely irrelevant, but people always want to say he's not ranked as high um, because he's a black quarterback. You know, whether that's fair or not, it's not up for me to decide. I just know if, this list, which again is taking players and coaches, 
I'm sorry, it's taking execs and coaches and all, you know, GMs. It's a pretty, the thing thing is over the last, over the last five years, how come Deshaun Watson isn't ranked lower because of his race? Well, here's what's interesting. They have Deshaun Watson above him in this. Right. And they should, he's better. Yeah. Now you can, you could, if, if you factored in, I would say, I would say even without admitting it, I would say that Deshaun Watson's legal troubles is factored in because I think Deshaun Watson's higher than they have him ranked. I think Deshaun Watson's a borderline elite quarterback. Yeah, they have him at ninth. Yeah. Um, but through the years, you know, People have always talked about how great Deshaun Watson is. And how come? Yeah. How come race doesn't factor into that? I agree. We have a call by him. I'm going to play it real quick, actually. Who? Deshaun Lamar Jackson? Deshaun Watson. You know, our, our boy John Smith is always giving us the updates, the ins and outs of what's happening. What's up, boys? Uh, the other day, talking about Deshaun Watson and his situation. You were talking about that he said he would uh, sue the league if he was suspended a, a year. Uh, if you think about it, I think it's all talk because uh, with his contract, he only potentially uh, loses more money if he kicks that can. Uh, down the road like uh, Tom Brady did because this first year of his contract, he's only paid $1 million since he kind of probably knew that he was going to be suspended. Also an interesting fact about the whole uh, suspension when it comes out. If the judge comes out and says they're going to give him 10 games, Roger Goodell has the option of changing that suspension. But if the judge comes out and says there is no suspension, that is it. Roger Goodell cannot come back and say, no, we're going to give him four games. So when this comes out, uh, if it's no games, he'll be playing. If it is uh, multiple games, Goodell can change that suspension. Stay dirty, boys. That is interesting. Now, yeah. obviously, he's going to get a suspension. Yeah. It's interesting how that works. Also, they are totally planning this. They know exactly what they've known for a while. They're yeah. going to time this. I think you said it last episode. They're going to do this when some other shit's going on. The NFL, the NFL PR team is just too smart. They're going to hide this underneath something or yeah. do it on a Friday before the weekend or whatever it is. They're not yeah. they're I'd be shocked if they announced they, they, his. they also like there's also a house somewhere with a pseudo like with a borderline Hall of Fame NFL player in it that's been dead for weeks that murdered like killed himself with cte and they're just like listen no one goes in that house until we have some fucking daniel snyder news and so you know until until some until some active player makes a comment about Callan kaepernick and then boom we release this all at once the dead the dead cte player snyder comes back from his yacht deshaun watson saying they love to they love to drop everything at once and people just start spinning it's spinning spongebob meme yeah totally yeah they're like, Roger Goodell's like, hey, could somebody just ask Aaron Rodgers if he believes in monkeypox? Because I got a lot of fucking dirt that I got to drop right now. And like, this body's getting smelly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 
I mean, they've been sitting on this for so long. There's no reason to not release his suspension. There's no reason. He's like, I got, I got Dick Butkus's body just like rotting with a note about CTE and his guest starring role on my two dads. And I don't know what to do with it. Can somebody, can somebody find out if Aaron Rodgers is or is not dating a witch? Because I really need to get this out. If I see Aaron Rodgers walking into that witch store. Yeah. I'm going to lose my mind. Can you imagine if you met Aaron Rodgers at a witch store? That would make the internet. If, can, if some, you would, can somebody get Russell Wilson on an Reddit, ask me anything and just ask what his favorite nickname for himself is? Because I really need the internet to go crazy about something. This is a big make or break year, I think, for his career. Who's that? Russell Wilson. Mr. Unlimited. Because so much of his success was tied to how Seattle played and running the ball and defense. And obviously their defense hasn't been what it, what it was. But my point is if he struggles, I know that's a tough division. It, it, it changes a lot. And even for somebody like me, who's been a diehard Russell Stan, I think it changes a lot on how he plays this year and next year. Well, I mean, I think the thing with Russell Wilson and, and this is, I'm, I'm, you know, forget my years of, Russell Wilson truthing. Like, I'll just try to handle this in like a completely honest manner that is, you know, uh, not driven by any sort of arguments that we've had or I've had on the internet. If you, I think at the, I think at the moment now, I, I think not everybody's willing to admit it yet or go there yet, but I feel like the people, me included, who may have argued that Russell's early success was tied to the defense and the game plan and whatever, more than it was tied to his elite quarterback play. I think those people are, you know, saying like, well, let's see what happens here. But the thing with Russell Wilson is we're, we're sort of at the point in the NFL where quarterback play statistically almost has to be like elite, no matter what, like we're talking about the, the guys that are, you know, that's why people, that's why people get fucking confused about the Kirk cousins of the world. They're like, well, he's completing 64% of his passes and his his quarterback rating is good. So how are you saying he's bad? It's like, because that's at this point, what you need to do to be in a starting quarterback position in the NFL, but what makes you that elite group, what makes you one of those players is being able to take your team with whatever their deficiency is or whatever situation you find yourself in and, and take them to the next level. We just talked about Joe Burrow got to the super bowl with the worst offensive line that's ever gotten to the super bowl. Meanwhile, you know, the Kirk Cousins of the world and the Russell Wilsons of the world, not that they're on the same class at all, but like you go through those, the stands for those guys the last few years. And they're like, what about their offensive lines? Well, overcome it. Like do something about it. Don't hold the goddamn ball so long for one. So I think right now what's happening with Russell Wilson is, yeah, you're, you're put on a team 
built in the same way that your team was built when you had success in Seattle, which is Denver has had a good defense for the, you know, I wouldn't even say recent history, like the, the, like pretty lengthy past here. Um, the last, you know, however many years they've, they've been built around defense. They haven't had a quarterback who could get the job done, you know, and they've had guys there that put up like semi-decent numbers, but they just haven't had a guy who can take them to the next level that can close games and whatever. So the thing about Russell Wilson right now is like Russell Wilson's going to come in and play really well. Russell Wilson is going to win some games against some teams that are like, Oh my God, Russell Wilson and the Broncos beat the chiefs. This is crazy. It's like, that's going to happen in the AFC West. That's absolutely going to happen. Those teams are all going to beat up on each other. The chiefs aren't winning fucking 15 games, you know? Um, But the, the, the simple fact of the matter is here, Russell Wilson went in a wild card or, you know, getting the Broncos in a wild card spot. That's a nice start. But like you're going to a new team. They trade everybody for you. They've got a defense. If you're not playing in a conference championship game, the Russell Wilson truthers are sort of like, okay. And what? Like to me, it's like, yeah. Like I think if you, for the people out there, who are just like the Russell Wilson stands. I mean, it's kind of like a Super Bowl appearance in the rest of his career or, or the me's of the world have kind of been proven right of like, okay, if you have a top five defense, you can get there, but otherwise what? Yeah. Because I think right now, if you say, and, and obviously he's new to the league and has a lot to prove. But if you look at the Justin Herberts of the world or the Josh Allens of the world, if you give those guys a top five defense, if you tell me right now, just this, this the Los Angeles Chargers defense is going to be a top five defense in the league. Then I'll the say, Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, or the AFC championship game at the absolute minimum. Yeah, for sure. No, for sure. Which, which by the way, is what Russell Wilson did early on in his career. But now what, what are the Broncos weapons going to be like? What are the Broncos defenses going to be like? And, and the bottom line is let's say the Broncos defense is like, if the Broncos defense is ninth in the league this year and Russell Wilson loses a wild card game, I don't know, man. Like, Look, I think he's had a great career, and I think, you know, I still say, you know, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, sure. Based on so what. So 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 is multiple guys in the league right now. I think, you know, sure. Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer, and I think Matthew Stafford's a Hall of Famer, and yeah. I think, you Agreed. know. Agreed. So the NFL is launching a new service that they announced today, NFL Plus. It's a new platform solely for mobile phones and tablets. I don't really fully understand this. And it's it's for in-market games and nationally televised games. So if you want to subscribe to NFL Plus, you can only watch it on your phone or tablet. And again, it's only for in-market games or nationally televised games. So if you live in Cleveland... You could watch a Browns game on Sunday 
no other out-of-market games, only on your phone, only on your tablet. It's $4.99 a month for the regular package, and it's going to be $9.99 for the premium. I don't really get it. They're not setting the bar too high. Well, I think what they're, I think what they're, the thought process here from the NFL is everybody has. Like, who doesn't I have mean, a TV, Joe? Though who doesn't have a TV? This is really we don't have a TV. Who doesn't have a TV? No, but this is this. Here's here's what it is. Okay, the mobile thing now is obviously huge. So there's a lot of people, I'm sure, who are mobile only streaming. Like, first of all, the amount of people that I have to break the news to that you will get high def coverage with the fucking Miller like Cantena. They're like, what? Like the amount of people that don't know. And this goes, you know, Bob Cousy and Jerry West remember. But like you can plug an antenna into your TV and get high, honestly, better quality than cable and it's happening faster you you don't have that stream delay you don't even have a cable delay you're watching it basically as it happens the amount of people that don't know about antennas is wild but forget that you have these people who are mobile like a lot of times i'll be mobile and i have the the nfl ticket thank you mikey uh on my phone sunday ticket right and then the only game i can't watch is the one that's blacked out the only game i can't watch is Sunday night football. So if I'm traveling and then it's like, okay, well, I got to download the NBC sports app. And then I got to use, you know, somebody's cable password to log in, or I got to, or I got to, you know, whatever. So it's for, I think what the NFL is thinking is there's however many people that are just dealing with this. And it's like, well, if it's a hundred thousand and we're charging nine, it's, a million, it's just like a free million dollars. <laughs> I know, but I just, again, my thing is, are there that many people out there that are not going to view it on their TV? And Roger Goodell's quote is this, we're playing the long game. This is about establishing and learning relationships. We're not judging this on whether we bust through 500,000 subscribers in the first five months, he said. So it's like they're setting the bar low and they're openly doing that. I think they're openly doing that also because the 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 move from DirecTV to Apple TV, you know, or whatever, whatever. streaming service yeah. is going to get it. What's that going to do to people? Are then people going to be like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I don't I I have direct TV still. I don't want to do that, but I want my local market game. So I need to find a way to pay for that without paying for this subscription. I think that they're just trying to say like like and this happens to me with baseball. The only time I can't watch the Mets and yesterday the Mets were on Sunday night baseball. So they started late. So I was like, hey. Because the Mets are on Sunday night baseball, I'm going to watch the Braves game during the day. Uh, couldn't watch the Braves game. Why? Playing at Los Angeles Angels. The only game, the only time that I can't watch a game is if it's a Dodger game or an Angels game. So what the NFL is doing is like they're looking at a whole picture and they're saying, is there any reason where we ever lose a viewer? 
And some guy was like, well, listen, I know I'm a very small part of the population, but I don't own a television. I do everything via Twitch. <laughs> and uh, sometimes, hate to break it to you, but I cannot watch local games due to blackout. And they're like, how many of you how many of you do you think they're out there? He's like, well, I think more than you would uh, imagine. And they're like, <laughs> fuck it. Let's just start an app that covers you guys. Yeah. Where it might not even be a money making venture. They're just yeah, saying. they just they just want to make sure every single person and and let me let me t- ask you another thing. Okay. Let's say just put yourself like become, I don't know, uh LA Andy, where you're not just like in your cozy new HOA every Sunday watching games. But you fly back to LA on a on a Sunday morning. And it's your boy, Mr. Unlimited, <laughs> and uh, on the Broncos in a game against Justin Herbert's LA Chargers in an AFC West matchup. And you're in your Uber getting home, and you're like, dude, it's the four, like, I need to watch the end of this game. And right in that moment, you think I'm small, paying four, $4.99? Roger Goodell just pops on your shoulders. It's like for the rest of the year, for $4.99 a month. Yeah. You could, this could never happen to you again. You're like, fuck it, baby. Roger Goodell. I'm in. I mean, that is a very extenuating circumstance that you just tossed out there. But it's football is the only sport where people just panic and pay it, right? I, I would, there's but moments where I'll be like, fuck it. I'll pay this right now. Look, and they probably won't release the numbers, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that. I'd be fascinated to know how many people are going to pay five bucks a month for just their in market games. Again, not on a TV. Or maybe this is some sort of test. Like you said, this is the NFL's last deal with DirecTV. So it ends after this year. And we all know the NFL is getting major offers from Apple, from Google, from YouTube, you know, same company. But like they're getting all these offers, Amazon, that'll be in the billions of dollars. I mean, it's wild. I I saw this week and I put this in the rundown. I don't have to talk about it, but they have to say what they make because they're a public company. I mean, the Packers made 579 million in revenue just last year and it breaks it down. Yeah. I mean, that's one year. Now that doesn't include their expenses. I don't know what their expenses are. Sure. But it's definitely an extremely money-making venture when you learn the NFL. Absolutely. Dude, if I could go back in time, that's what I'd do. Like, that's the one thing. People are always like, what would you do? Like, I'd buy a team. Like, it's crazy to think how such little, like, the cost of buying a professional franchise, like, in the 70s, which isn't that long ago, even the 80s, even the 90s. Oh, we just talked about this. We just talked about this with Elway. Oh, Elway, wild. Elway left, like, $900 million on the table. Yeah, it's nuts. That's the nineties, man. Yeah. Just how much higher the value of these pro teams are the last 20 years. It's just, it's just insane. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's crazy. So we have some dirtball calls we should get to. We have some sitting in the queue. We'll start off with this one. Non-sports related.
What's up, guys? OG Dirtball Matt from St. Louis. Uh, first, want to say, Joe, thanks for the birthday cameo that my wife got me. Uh, that was oh. awesome. She got a little tripped up. I didn't invent condoms are for uh, pussies, obviously. I just created the insult. You know, condoms are for, uh, you know, whatever you don't like. But anyways, appreciate that. Secondly, non-sports question. I recently got a library card because I found out that you can listen to audiobooks uh, via the library. So wanted to get your guys, uh, you know, book recommendations. Um, I know that's, you know, Ruther's been on a book kick lately, but any book, sports or non-sports that you guys would recommend or say, you know, is a must read, uh, would love to, to hear about it. So stay dirty. Appreciate it. Love you guys. Later. I need this too, because I've been struggling since I finished three ring circus. I haven't started a new book and I finished that like a month ago and I'm, I've been craving a book. I want to bring something up though. Okay. Cause I've had some heated debates uh, with my girlfriend about this and, and this isn't anything against you. Uh, Matt, was that, no. was that is Matt, Matt's name who calls? Yeah. I think it was Matt. Um, is listening to a book really reading a book? Um, way, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm more of a dick to her about it for sure. Cause my thing is I routine, I, I don't ever do book audio. I just don't, it's not my thing. I, I, if I'm in the car, I'll do a podcast. The reason I ask that is like, I'm a little different too. Like when I read books, I'll like highlight stuff. I'll write notes. Like, it's like, it's like for me, I want to retain stuff or I want to go back to that. Oh, that's a cool passage or whatever it is. I just feel, I don't know. I'll, I'll say this. Is it reading? Well, no, it's not reading, right? It's not reading. Like it's not reading a book because we, it's listening to a book. Now, uh, I don't ever do audiobooks. I don't do it for a couple different reasons. Uh, even with podcasts, and I don't listen to that many podcasts, but I essentially only do any of those things, audio, whatever. Um, basically, when I'm driving, traveling, walking, like I'm on the go. I'm never at home listening to a podcast ever. Um, because if I'm at home, I'll read a book. If I'm at home, I'll listen to music. I'd like, I'll listen to music with the game on. I can do multiple things, but I'm basically on the go. And even with podcasts, even when it's a very informational podcast, um, I will like, they will say something and my mind will go somewhere else. And then I will come back to it. And sometimes I'll go, Oh, I got to go back 30 seconds and listen to that again, because that point made me think of this. And then I missed their net next point and whatever. I don't like to listen to book on tape because I just feel like it's like, I can't, I, it, it would be missing too much of the information when I'm reading. I'm not missing anything. Um, I, you know, I don't have to go back. So yeah. to me, I read, I don't listen to books on tape, but, um, I will say this, um, that's just me. I know a ton of people who do do books on tape all the time and they just like stop they're stockpiling information via books on tape. And like, I wish I could do it. Yeah. Cause like more power to you guys who get to just like drive and read. Well, I'm like you too. I, I quote, can't I, air quote read. Yeah. You know? I, I want to, that's the thing. I want to be like really immersed. I, I, I would struggle to retain it. Also for me, reading 
is like when I sit down and read, it's the one time where I'm just like phone over there. Don't look at it. I'm reading. It's no technology. There's a little bit of there's like a little bit of work thing. There's a little bit of like, you know, I'm building some sort of intelligence here. I'm learning some things and, you know, yeah, sure. You can learn a lot of stuff on podcasts, but even like I said, podcast for me is still very loose, still very like, you know. Well, to answer his question, I, there are things that I'm looking to read and I don't know if I want to go. I, I've strayed so far away from fiction for the longest time. And I don't know why, because I used to be big one of my younger days into fiction. Like I'd almost want to go back to fiction. I am the exact same way, but what I'll basically what I'll do is um, I, when I when I seek out a book, like to me, when I'm like, ah, my mom, my mom, I'm on the Internet and I see something, I'm like, I'm going to get that book. It's always nonfiction. And I read fiction when somebody goes, you got to read this. You got to read this. And I'm like, OK, I'll go. I'll, re- I'll pick it up right now and I'll read it. Um, and I love it, but to me, when I'm just like looking for something to read, I'm always like, Hey, I want to learn more about this. I want to learn more about this, or, you know what I'm in the mood for this. So, um, I'm the same way. Yeah. You know what book I was thinking about reading? And I don't know if this would be stupid because obviously the movie's so popular. I wonder how different jaws, the book, <laughs> I knew you jaws were the book is Jaws the book based on the movie or vice versa. Well, the movie's based on the book. Right. Okay. Because there are like, some there are some books where they did that after the fact. They're like, yeah. this is so possible, po- you know, popular. We're gonna do a novelization. It was a New York Times bestseller. Okay. I just take the Godfather, for example. Yeah. Great movie. I think the book's even better. Like, I like I'm one of those people. I like I'm wondering, is that the case? Have here? you watched the offer? No. You should. Have you read The Godfather, which I have, and you enjoyed The Godfather movie? And I love Mario Puzo. By the way, I read so many of Mario Puzo's books. You got to watch The Offer, dude. You have to watch it. Where is that on? It's on Paramount+. Plus. Okay. You got to watch it. And what is that about? It's about the making of of The Godfather. Okay, I would like that then. From book to thing. It's, it's, It's actually really, really good. And the guy who plays Bob Evans is amazing. Yeah unbelievably good so now we've gotten into tv reviews when we were asked for books um i'm uh i'll give you some books like i just look over so like listen i have a bookshelf full of books like i'm not going to be like the like the like the idea of these are must reads or whatever um but one thing that's on my that i'm reading currently that's really good i'm i don't want to get the name wrong. i'm gonna go grab it i don't want to get the name wrong okay as you do that, I'm looking at Jaws, the book. Yeah, I knew I was gonna. I knew I was gonna miss it by a word. So, blessed are the bank robbers, man. The fucking there we go. Blessed are the bank robbers is by Chaz Smith. Whoever, if, if you guys are fans of the Joe Prano podcast, he was on when I did the book about cooking. He's a surf writer, but his uh, he has a cousin who was a bank robber. And it's awesome because it's sort of a history of bank robbery in the United States of America. And then it comes into his family story about his bank robber. 
which is awesome. And then another nonfiction that I'm actually almost finally done with so long, meet me in the bathroom, the uh, rock and roll in New York city in the early 2000s, which is obviously a very meaningful time for my musical tastes, you know, the strokes and the white stripes and Interpol and all that stuff that was happening in New York in the early 2000s, really good oral history of uh rebirth and rock and roll in new york city 2001 to 2011 those are just my current two non-fiction on the nightstand recommendations yeah i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna have to guess something this week i gotta because like i said I, i've been i've been in so many non-fiction and like deep meaning philosophical like i gotta i gotta, I gotta lighten the mood a little so I'm going to go that route. Okay. Let's do another call. What's up, Dirty Sports? It's Stolzy in Cincinnati. Um, I want to get uh, some opinions on you guys with these new NFL jerseys and helmets that are coming out. Um, obviously, as a guy from Cincinnati, I'm absolutely in love with the, the white tiger. I think it's going to look really good with the white the white jerseys, obviously, and I think it'll look good with the orange. I don't know how it's going to look with the black, but I want to know what you guys think about some of the other jerseys and whatnot. Um, like the, I think the Eagles got a new helmet, maybe a new jersey. Uh, new Orleans got a new helmet. So let me know what you guys think about that. And uh, before I go, um, if you put Barry Larkin in New York, just imagine what he would be as opposed to Derek Jeter. I'll just leave it there. Stay dirty, boys. Shots fired at Jeter. Well, Barry Larkin's, you know, let's start. Let's start there. Barry Larkin's a great example of a guy who um, it, it, like is, I mean, first of all, he was a, a far better defensive player than Derek Jeter. His best offensive seasons shit on Derek Jeter's best offensive seasons. But the thing about a Barry Larkin is like Cincinnati love Barry Larkin. You know that. Yeah. Um, but they didn't get to the point where they, it's, you know, they were more reasonable about it because listen, uh, delusional fucking Reds fans weren't like, I'm going to the ballpark to see Barry Larkin, the key a cornerstone for multiple championships. Like it didn't fucking like the, the, again, the championships have diluted so many Yankees fans that the Yankees again, not to their benefit as an organization, not to their benefit at all. Let Derek Jeter hang on way, way, way too long for the sole purpose of selling tickets and stockpiling Jer Derek Jeter stockpiling career accolades. But a lot of guys like the Barry Larkins of the world don't get an opportunity to just play five extra years and stockpile singles while their team is shit just for the sole purpose of like, I don't know, the respect hat or whatever. So, I mean, you look at you look at a guy who's peak at shortstop in Cal Ripken was significantly better than Derek Jeter's. I mean, there again, another MVP, another guy who in an MVP season, you know, takes his team to the world series. They moved Cal Ripken to third base, dude. This guy played the guy, the guy broke Lou Gehrig's consecutive game streak. And they're like, Hey man, you're just not as good as Mike Bordick. You're not yeah. as good at shortstop as Mike Bordick. Sure. I mean, the, you could you could say the face of uh, listen, if you're an idiot 
you could argue the face of the Yankees is Derek Jeter. It's not. It's not. And Derek Jeter, I would argue, isn't a top three, top four, top five face of the Yankees of all time. The face of the Baltimore Orioles, historically, is Cal Ripken Jr. Sure. And they moved him from Mike Bordick. Because they were like, you're just not as good. The Yankees didn't move Derek Jeter for fucking A-Rod. Yeah. So to his question, I have a link that put in the run. I don't know if you saw it on a lot of the new uniforms. The Bengals fans are going crazy over the all white helmet. Yeah, which is cool. It's cool. Again, I still don't understand Tigers in Cincinnati at all, but it's cool. Like a white tight white tigers are cool. Yeah. When you get when you get past it, a tiger has never set foot in Ohio. Uh I've seen them at the Cincinnati Zoo. Yeah. Once you get past that fact, it's very cool. A white tiger helmet. That's cool. So, so I'm looking. A lot of teams looks like like you're even Giants new alternative. They're gonna go back to the 80s, Navy 90s. Navy helmet, the Giants. Yeah, the LT era. Correct. The, all the stuff, by the way, that's coming with the Giants throwbacks. If you go to Carl Banks's Twitter, I mean, somebody wants to get me a Christmas gift or just keep or if somebody just wants to alert me when it's actually available. Carl Banks, Carl Banks has started the legacy collection. I mean, he's going to start selling the Bill Parcell Super Bowl V-neck sweater like Ooh. the Giants are like throwing back shit, which is dope. I I like I like I, obviously the Bengals helmet is not a throwback, but I like it when teams do that. I like it when teams. So the Falcons are doing that. The Eagles are doing that. They're doing the throwbacks. I'm looking the right. Eagles now. are going to the black helmet, right? Well, no, I, the Eagles did a tweet in March coming 2023. It's a picture of Randall Cunningham. Okay. Because I thought the Eagles just announced a shitty black helmet. Maybe they're doing that too. The Saints are doing a black helmet. Yeah. Which is cool because the Saints are have black in their uniform. Yeah. This Texans helmet, I'm not digging. Yeah. The Eagles black helmet, trash. Kill yourself. The Jets black helmet, oh, honestly, yeah. maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. Not a fan of the, the Jets black helmet. It's horrible. It's pretty because, bad. Because again, the best Jets era is the one that is a throwback and you and it was right there for you guys and you guys have gone away from it. It's just Jets so black in obvious. general is terrible. Just get rid of the black. The Jets should not ever have black. Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Some of the teams just get it's so obvious where like the aesthetic is good just like lean into it and then generally if you're like the saints having black uniforms cool black helmet yeah if you don't have black in your uniforms or if you're forcing black in your uniforms it it makes it the worst let me ask this about the saints andy dalton's on the saints and i forgot that as well you think he relieves james winston at any point this season um only if he's injured and I and, and and I say that simply because listen, I don't I'll never understand it. I'll never understand it, but just like these teams that like I mean that 
I'll make this. I'll make this prediction. I'll make this prediction on Jameis Winston. Andy Dalton will not relieve him this year for any reason but injury. Also, Jameis Winston will not be with the Saints after his two-year contract that he signed is up. Well, they're in what I call quarterback purgatory. You're just stuck. Like, you're not doing anything. You're not going to make any deep runs. You're not going to be terrible as well. I do want to bring up a tweet from our boy, the last tweet from our boy, bringing up Jameis Winston. Jameis one of one his tweet July 20th, because these always make me laugh. The tweet says this, Jameis Winston has a better career, and then he lists all these things. You're going to love this. Yards per game than Brett Favre. Yards per attempt than Tom Brady. NYA than Joe Montana. What's that? What's net NYA? yards? Net yards per attempt. Attempt than Joe Montana. I don't know. Yards per catch than Peyton Manning and Patrick Mahomes. Passer rating than Dan Marino. TD percentage than John Elway. Interception percentage than Warren Moon. AYA than Jim Kelly. ANYA than Troy Aikman. Dude, so he's obviously listing hall of famers or people who will be in the hall of fame it's just so funny to me like talk about cherry picking it, i mean i would love a, a full medical psychological diagnosis of this person like you're mentally you should be mentally evaluated it's insanity. It's pure insanity. I mean, where is Jameis Winston on the uh, on the the execs list? Oh, that's a you know what? That is a great question. Let's uh, let's pull that back up because they did do thirty five quarterbacks. Where is he? Of course, the link is struggling. Okay, he's got to be in the twenties. Where is Jameis? Where do coaches, execs rank him? And talent evaluators. 24. After Trevor Lawrence. After Jared Goff. Ahead of Justin Fields. And ahead of Tua. Wow, they do not think highly of Tua. 26. Wow. 24th from again people in the game that's not good for Miami I'm not saying Tua can't improve but that's scary man every time Tyreek Hill and he did it again today every time he speaks and harps and it's it's projecting to its highest degree concerning Tua and he's oh he's this and he's that. It's like dude the more you you know you, you know what he is you know what he's doing and I, we all know these people anytime anyone says I've been so busy I've been so busy no you haven't people who are busy don't tell me they're busy they don't they just don't people I know people who are busy they don't bitch about how busy they are the same way you're doing Tua don't tell me how good he is I don't need a wide receiver to tell me how good Justin Herbert is. I fucking know. Cause I've so seen, let it. me get this straight. Andy, you don't like Lamar Jackson, Jameis Winston or Tua. Okay. All right. I see what's happening here. 
I do love Berenstein Bears, though. Does that make yeah. me all right? Yeah. Why do you like Russell Wilson? Because he's light-skinned? Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Put that in the tweet. Um, yeah, I, I, do, I do not think Jameis Winston will be a starting quarterback in a post-Saints career. A post Saints career, I, and I don't, and I don't think he'll be a starting quarterback for the Saints after this two year thing. Okay, not to mention it's Dennis Allen now, and not Sean Payton. That that might be the reason we get a Jameis hook. You could possibly see Andy Dalton because it's like, hey, Dennis Allen's got to make his own fucking. You go out there this year, and you're not like leading the division with Jameis Winston. I could see him pulling the plug real fast. Although the division is not great right now. Yeah. Wait, I'm just now seeing this Jack Del Rio quote. Did you see this? Is it a new one? Yeah, that's from this morning. What did he do now? He's talking about Lamar Jackson. Everyone's of course going nuts. If he has to pass the if he has to pass to win the game, they ain't winning the game. Another defensive coordinator said, or is this or people are just assuming this is Jack Del Rio? He's so unique as an athlete. This is probably from the athletic thing. He's so unique as an athlete and he's a really good football player, but I don't give a shit if he wins the league MVP 12 times. I don't think he'll ever be a, a one as a quarterback. He'll be a one as a football player, but not as a quarterback. So many games come down to two minutes, and that's why you have a hard time advancing, even if they are on a good defense. Playoffs are tight. You have to be able to throw the ball, and, and he's just so inconsistent throwing the ball. Oh, everyone's claiming this is Jack Del Rio. Right. I actually don't think that's the worst quote ever. I know, and Warren Sharp. Holy shit, what a truly ignorant quote on Lamar Jackson from a current NFL defensive coordinator. I mean, listen. The, the 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 stuff the, about the two minute warning, I like. Honestly, the, the the like they they in this quote they've highlighted. I don't give a shit if he wins the league MVP twelve times. Okay, this is like a reckless you know way to approach the situation. But if you highlight playoffs are tight, you have to be able to throw the ball, and he's just so inconsistent throwing the ball. It, it is hit or miss. I I'd honestly, that's, I think you that's can. That's a fair quote. Yeah, I also just think playoffs are tight. You have to be able to throw the ball is that that goes back to like the conversation we were having before. By the way, that, that is from our article from The Athletic. Yeah, that goes back to the thing before of like, that's to me, the elite versus not like playoffs are tight. You're only playing good defenses. You need to. And again, I know it's like cliche, but it's like if you can't get the ball down six points with 49 seconds on the clock, go get yourself a touchdown. You're not elite. Yeah. And, 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 and Joe, I want to continue something from that article because I've pulled up that article again from the athletic. And I mean, what I hate when, when people do stuff like this is, is they're just, they're taking that one quote. There's a full description of multiple paragraphs. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not that quote. And the next paragraph says the Ravens are one and three in the postseason with Jackson starting Jackson's averaged 6.6 yards per attempt with four touchdowns and seven turnovers in those games. So he has more turnovers than touchdowns in four games. And someone else says this, 
I think what we saw with Lamar starting with the Miami game and carrying through the rest of the season was someone who struggled to identify coverages and make pre-snap reads, an offensive coach said. He is still really dynamic player, brings something different to the group, but by and large is going to have to continue to improve as a passer in order to go deep into the playoffs and put himself in the tier one group. That's a fair quote. But again, I think it's, it's the race thing. People want to bring the race thing into it. And I don't understand because nobody brings that with Patrick Mahomes, you know, right. it's like, that's, and that's the thing too, is like, I, you, how come, like, I'm of the opinion that Russell Wilson gets more leeway than he should. I could, I would argue again, I'm a Russell Wilson truther, but I would argue all of that about the playoffs and the, and, and pre-snap stuff and all that. I could say, you could say that about Russell Wilson, but no one does. And he's black. Yeah. Uh, I could argue you could say, hey, listen, when Russell Wilson had a top five defense, they would go to Super Bowls, but also put the ball in the hands hands at the end of the game. He also threw away one Super Bowl. He also had playoff games where he didn't convert a third down via pass for the whole fucking game. You, you also have playoffs where he has home games and he loses to backup quarterbacks. And can't move the ball. Like you could say all that, but no one does. And he's black. Like I said last week, this is also a big year for Lamar Jackson. Especially if, even if Deshaun Watson only plays half the season, dude, you got two dogs in your division now. You got to play four times. And it didn't go well last year against the Bengals. They shit on you twice. So let's see, you know, everyone has been so quick to defend him and I, and I have no problem with it. He is dynamic. He changes them, but I, I have to agree with this assessment, especially when it comes to playoffs, people don't, it's just, it's just like NBA, how the defense is so good and it tightens come NBA playoffs. It's the same way in the NFL The defenses are so much better. They're so much better and it's not easy to score come NFL playoffs. If you can't make, make those tight space throws and those pre-snap reads, man, that, that running around shit, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work on playoffs. It's, it's you know, listen, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a New York Giants fan and the world's foremost Eli Manning stand, but this is something, again, that basically in my, in, in the Eli Manning heyday was always the, was always like the Twitter, ver- like, you know, the early days of, of Eli's obviously like pre-Twitter, but like those type of conversations, it was always like Romo, look at the stats Romo's putting up. Look at what Romo's doing. Look at Romo. Look at what Romo's. Well, Eli Manning can't hold Romo's fucking jock. It's like, Hey man, regular seasons. When you get to play fucking bad teams and light them up are one thing, but come playoff time. What are you doing for me? The, I, I would I would argue the Manningham throw in the Super Bowl alone greater than Tony Romo's entire on-field football career. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when you're it's, a quarterback, it, these are the things we're talking about, and it's like again, we go back to Stafford. Suddenly, 
suddenly the execs have an appreciation for Matt Stafford because they because the execs finally saw him get into the playoffs. Well, he also drew. I mean, that final drive is the name of the fucking game. Yeah, that final drive he did against the Bengals was. I mean, Collinsworth said it on air. Like, this is something you're going to remember forever. That's the name of the game. That is a tier of quarterback. That's a tier of quarterback. That is a specific tier of quarterback. Do you have that in you? In the playoffs. Sure. All right. Those are the calls for today. 310-359-8365. Give us a ring. We'll get to it. It's coming. It's right around the corner. We're already getting these QB discussions. Twitter's on fire. People are going back and forth. We'll be there sooner than later. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. Joe is on social media. Where can they follow you, Joe? Well, shout out to Matt. Was it Matt who called? Yeah. Cameo. I, I gave him props. His his I believe it was his wife or his girlfriend gave him props for claiming condoms. I gave him props right back on the cameo. Listen, basically, whatever you or your significant other or your best friend tell me to say, I'll fucking say it. I don't know. I'm not fact checking. We're not here to fact check. We're here to wish you a happy birthday and say whatever your wife wants. So if you want a cameo, I'm still available on cameo. I'm at Joe Prano on all social media, um, except for Twitter, where I'm at Fix Your Life. I've got some shows coming up. Uh, Go to JoePrano.com for shows. Uh, but the two things that I'll ask you to keep your eye on is if you are in the Los An- greater Los Angeles area, August 25th, I've got a night of Joe Prano and friends at the Hollywood Improv in the lab. So you can get your tickets now. Uh, go to Hollywood Improv uh, website. I believe it's improv.com. Click on the Hollywood location, get tickets to that. I'll be doing a longer set. And then also uh, just after that, the last week of August into the first Weekend of September, August 29th to September 4th. I'll be at the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas, Nevada. All righty. Good stuff. Thank you to everyone for supporting us. Love all the DMs. And if I haven't gotten back to you, I'm trying to get back to anybody who's DM'd uh, Dirty Sports or myself. So check your DMs. I'll be getting back today and tomorrow on all those things. All right, guys. Have a great week. We'll be back in a few days. And as always, stay dirty.